This is episode 213 of the Beyond the Food Show. Three words for you today. Women, food, and power. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. Corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image, and food, It's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, sisters. Welcome back. This episode is going to be very different than any other episode we've put out before. Seven days ago, as of November 5th, I woke up and I walked into my office with my cup of coffee and words started to flow out of me. I opened up a Word document and I just started to write. And I wrote an email to my community. So if you're part of our community last week, you've received the email title, but I need to lose weight. And If you're not yet part of our community, we've now put this email into an article format and the link will be in the show note of this podcast. This email to my community was the one that I've received the most feedback ever from. And I know it touched the heart of my community member. It triggered tears. But I also know that for many this is where it's going to stop. They are going to take the message that was inside of that email that it's all about why we seek to lose weight and how we are this empowered by this desire to lose weight. And they're never going to take action. And this podcast here is for you, the listener, who have been listening perhaps to this podcast for a long time, and you take the information into your brain, but it actually never becomes embodied, meaning that you are not taking actions yet. And maybe it's for you who just like stumble upon this podcast and you're just needing that little last push to make the choice of making peace with food and your body. Bottom line, this episode is meant to inspire whoever is listening that is currently feeling stuck. Perhaps you describe yourself as standing on the sideline, and I see you, I hear you, I read you in my inbox and on my social media comment, but mostly, I feel you. I feel you because I've been there, and I coach people who were there prior to raising their hand and say, I need help. You perhaps say things like, I'll be out of control if I become an intuitive eater. I'll be totally eating everything if I stop dieting. You're skeptical. And perhaps you think, I just need to be tougher on myself. Or I need someone to make me follow the program. I can't stay focused. I'm lazy. I'm not consistent. I can't do this. And perhaps you're thinking in your head, I'm special. Things like that don't work for me. 
Perhaps you're afraid of failing again. But bottom line, I know you are desperate for a change. You're tired, you're exhausted of repeating the same old pattern. For some of you, it's been 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Recently, I met someone, she was 71 years old, and she had been on the diet cycle for nearly 50 years. And she had just her ha-ha moment. Perhaps you're thinking that at some point, you're going to keep watching, standing on the sideline, and all of a sudden, you're waiting for that magical moment of stop to be afraid. It's just going to dawn on you, right? And then you'll become courageous. I was waiting for that moment for years, years and years, until I realized that that power to stop being afraid was within me. And the reason why it was actually never, quote, happening to me to stop being afraid was because I wasn't tapping into that power. There's no secret or magic formula in the rest of this podcast. Simply me sharing a story from my life and some solution at the end, but mostly a story from my life that I've never told yet. Woman, food, and power. My life was pretty good. I had food on the table, I had a home, I had a car, I had a great career that brought me enough money, I had good friends, I had supportive family, and I thought of myself as an independent, fierce woman. I was succeeding in nearly every part of my life. But in secret, I also wondered, is that what life is really about? While by society standard, I was doing all the right things, I kept wondering if every other woman was as anxious as I was about how I looked. Were they as overwhelmed as me at the thought of not losing or gaining weight? Is it normal to feel this frustrated with yourself on how you eat and not being able to just consume food like everyone else. Secretly, I knew that something wasn't right, but everyone around me reflected that it was all okay. So I kept going, making sure that I was checking all the boxes. My partner, making sure that he was happy, satisfied, and that he felt love. With my boss, I was delivering the result as expected. In my social circle, I was making sure that I was there for them and pleasant in our interaction with my parents and family, striving to be number one, working hard, making enough money to ensure my safety. And with society, being a good girl and keep striving for the female beauty standard of thinness. And then I turned 40. It wasn't just like a moment in my life, right? It wasn't one day. It was a series of little things that collectively led me to realize that I was living the illusion to be happy based on other people's belief, not mine. And that's why I was eating. I was a pretty smart child growing up, and I wasn't afraid of speaking my mind. 
I played with boys as much as I played with girls. I was a tough little girl to <laughs> parents' standards. But at 13, I learned a lesson. And the lesson taught me that I was too much, too tall, too big, too loud. That if I wanted to be a good girl from now on, I needed to be less. I needed to be smaller, thinner, and also quieter. To achieve this goal of being a good little girl, food was going to be my weapon. Over the next few years, I learned to diet, and that dieting was the gateway for me to manage my too muchness. In my teen, I was indoctrinated into diet culture. I learned that my power was in food. I learned that to be accepted, one must conform to society standards. My body and my spirit wasn't created to the conforming mold, so I would have to work hard at fitting myself in. And that's what I did for 27 years, until I turned around 40 and started to read some self-improvement book and questioning the mold. That's how my relationship to food and body was created. My power resided in my ability to control food so I could be smaller and fit in. I couldn't control my height. I'm six foot tall. But at least I should be able to control my weight. Turns out that controlling my weight wasn't an easy task. It was, and then it didn't. And I learned quickly that I needed to also be a good fat person. By at least trying to lose weight and making sure that everyone around me knew that I was trying really, really hard. That's when I started to eat in secret. By the time I hit my mid-20s, at the four-thought pattern of what I now call diet brain. These four thought patterns are people-pleasing. I seeked external validation so I could make sure that I was never rejected and loved. Second thought pattern, all or nothing. I was on the diet or off the diet. And when I was off the diet, it was my fault and I needed to work harder. Third one, perfectionism. To compensate for my not enoughness or my too muchness, I needed to strive to achieve society standard, other people's standard perfectly. So I'm not rejected and love and accepted. And the fourth one, mental filtering. My life was filtered through the way my body looked, therefore the way that I ate. My power was in food. My ability to control food was my power. And when I wasn't in control of food, it meant that I wasn't good enough. But something happened in my late 30s. I had this resounding secret feeling and a repetitive thoughts, I can't do it anymore. My body wasn't cooperating anymore. As the year turned, 40, 41, my body got more and more uncomfortable. I started to develop chronic condition. The more I tried, the more my body rejected dieting. 
I couldn't imagine the rest of my life trying harder and harder and harder and just being on the more hardcore diet. Is that what life is really about? Is it really just about managing my weight? The truth is, up to this point, my life was focused on chasing my self-worth. Although I was failing at finding my self-worth, I was always trying. And the reason why I was failing was that I was born like any other human, worthy, but somehow along the line of my life, someone, something led me to believe that I needed to earn my self-worth. And in my case, it was by being smaller. As expected, it never worked because I was already worthy. It was within me. But because I held the belief that I wasn't worthy, that was something that my mind, my subconscious mind, right? That part of your brain that create those repetitive pattern and thoughts consistently reminded me that I wasn't worthy. And I kept chasing and chasing after something that I already have. This is until I started to question that core beliefs among many other. Could I be enough without being in the smaller body? Could I be loved and supported without being smaller? Could I be successful without being smaller and quieter? The truth is, I always had a choice. It was possible for me to be enough without being smaller. It was a possibility. At that point, I was knowing and seeing other women who were enough without being smaller, without being quieter. Life was showing me evidence that it was a possibility. New people came into my life reinforcing that possibility. New books, new blogs, new video. Over months, I had plenty of evidence. Yet, I wasn't making a different choice. By now, I knew it wasn't my fault that I was the way I was, but it was my fault that I stayed like that. I needed to go from wanting to make a change in my life to deciding to change my life. The problem was that I was afraid of the work it took to change me. I had so many stories in my head that kept me from making the choice to change. Let's face it, when it came to changing me, I had been a failure my whole life. That's what I thought of myself. And I would say to myself, why would this be any different? Why would you be successful at being at peace with food and your body? Just like the other time, you'll fail again. My subconscious mind wanted me to believe all of these stories so that I could stay in my current situation. Not believing in myself was my comfort zone. I thought I wasn't worthy enough to believe in myself. 
And my subconscious mind reminded me of that every day. My subconscious mind was on a mission to keep me safe and secure in my comfort zone by making me think that I wasn't worthy enough of yet making peace with food in my body. My subconscious mind made me believe that the pain of doing the work of making peace with food in my body appeared to be greater than the pain of staying in not enough zone. So I choose to stay put. I kept lurking on what was possible, but not taking action. One of the core beliefs that I have through my years of corporate work is I believe in paying to be held at a higher standard that I can conceive for myself. I believe in coaching, likely because I have been a coach my whole life in business and now in health, but I believe that through the help of someone else who's been there and know the way, I could have the power of getting, quote, there myself as well. The greatest achievement I've had in my life up to this point came from being taught by a great teacher or coach by a great coach, either in sports or business or via becoming an adult. I knew that if I was going to make this transformation happen, make peace with food in my body, it was not going to be on my own. And then the question came, but what if you couldn't fail, Stephanie? What would you do? In every other part of my life, failure was not an issue. I would perceive my failure as simply a mistake and try again, likely try something different because I knew that first way didn't work. But nevertheless, failure wasn't a red light to stop. Failure wasn't fear. Why was it different with food, weight, body image, and dieting? Why would I let fear stop me? To be honest, I don't have the answer just yet. But I know that it was because I had a lot invested in being the way that I was. And I also know that part of the reason why I let failure stop me in that particular area of my life was because of the traumatic experience that started very young in my life around what my body looked like and being too much. But I was letting fear paralyze me in that one sector of my life. And then my coach told me, you are widely capable, Stephanie. Look at yourself. You've dieted for 25 years, starving yourself, depriving yourself, overworking your physical body to lose weight. You've done it all. You are also capable to do the work to make peace with food and your body. You can reconnect to your inner power. It's true. I have done much more difficult things in my life. I just had to make a different choice. So I got over myself and went for it. I learned to manage my mind. That was our first stop. Because mostly what drives everything in our life is our thoughts. 
how we think, how our subconscious mind creates stories and those stories, what was holding me back. By learning to manage my mind, I was now in a position of power to decide which stories played in my head. I learned to be present in my body, not present to what others think of what my body should look like. I learned to be present in the moment of my life, in my body. I am no longer afraid to be with myself, to be in my body. I then learned to interact with my body as if it was my best friend and to be treating my body like I would my best friend. My physical body was no longer the filter which I engage into life. I learned that I had the power within me to feed myself. My body and me were good enough to be our own nutrition expert. And to be honest, that was the turning point for me. Through intuitive eating, I shifted my relationship to power altogether. Along with food, I reconnected to me being the boss of me. Food was no longer about being less. Food was about being me. And that was the work. The work was learning to do those four things. And guess what? It worked. That's why I'm here with you today. The truth is how we engage with food is how we engage with life. If you feel powerless around food, you will feel powerless with your life. How you think about your body is how you think about yourself. When you hate your body, you hate yourself. There's one basic formula for life transformation. Here it is. Our thoughts creates the way we feel. Our feeling drives the action we choose to take. Our action forge our result. Therefore, our thoughts becomes our reality. If right now you think that you aren't good enough or worthy enough to have what other women have to make peace with food and your body, that's exactly the reality that you'll keep creating for yourself. Being empowered is recognizing that you do have the power to affect your own life. It is simply recognizing that you have a choice. And that choice starts with the thoughts in your mind. The most effective way to feel this empowered is to shift your own responsibility of choice to someone else, to someone else or something else than you. And as women, that's what we have been conditioned to do. We have been conditioned to give our power 
to diet culture, to chase after the beauty ideal, and to keep ourselves busy obsessing about food and obsessing about our weight. Because when we are this empowered, we don't take space. We don't achieve magnificent things because all we can think about is food, weight, and managing both. It starts with making a choice. The choice to empower yourself. It's a mind game. There's no magic formula. There's no secret. It's all in your mind. The question for you today is, will you keep choosing fear instead of love? If you're seeking freedom of any kind, it's only on the other side of fear. No matter how anxious you feel right now, perhaps because of listening to me rambling about women, food, and power for the last 30 minutes, or because you came into this podcast anxious, I want you to do one thing. From this moment forward, pay attention to suggestion, to opportunity that suddenly presents itself into your life. Perhaps new people, new books, perhaps this podcast. Nothing is a coincidence. Choose love over fear every single time. Choose what makes you feel right and see where it leads you. But take action now. That's empowerment. In closing, I want to say something to you. If you are serious about changing any part of your life, you'll find a way of making it happen. If you're not serious, you'll let your subconscious mind keep you in your comfort zone. You'll find what people call an excuse to stay put. Facing your fear and choosing love is the way and the only way through. This time, I want to give you three options. Three options for you to begin the process of saying yes instead of staying on the sideline. Three options for you to face your fear today and start working on your relationship with food and body so that you can tap back into your innate power. Those three options will require you to face your fear, will require you to commit to yourself, will require time. And I'm going to give you three options with different financial commitment because we're not all at the same place, but irrelevant to the amount of financial resources you are committing, I want you to commit to something. I want you to commit to yourself, knowing that the process will be scary, that the process will feel uncomfortably discomfort. (laughs) Knowing that 
It will require efforts. All of us who've made the transition to becoming at peace with food in our body, all of us who look confident, right? All of us who inspire others have had to go through that period of discomfort so that we can recreate our new zone, our new space of comfort. The only way for us to expand our zone of comfort is to face the discomfort so that we can grow. So what are those three options? The first option would be to read a book. And given our community challenge with food and body, that's the way that we have chosen to disempower ourselves, to stay quiet, right? To not disturb, to not change the mold. The first place I suggest you start is with your relationship to food. And my most powerful tool that I have is intuitive eating. And I say my, intuitive eating doesn't belong to anyone because that is the natural state of relationship to food that humans have is eating intuitively. But because of our dieting careers, we've lost this connection to our ability to feed ourselves. And what I have found through my own journey in the one of all of my student and clients and patient is that it's the most powerful way of reconnecting to our innate ability to be powerful is by taking the control back with food through intuitive eating. The book that I always recommend is the one from my mentor, Evelyn Triboli, simply called Intuitive Eating. It can be purchased anywhere. If you want to take it to the next place, or you want to engage beyond just reading a book because you know that you need more than a book, right? We are all different. But what I have found is that for most of us, community is significantly important connection with other people and to someone who can guide you more closely, yelled faster and more powerful results. So if you enjoy me or could trust me into taking this journey with you, going to Beyond the Food Academy would be your group program or that more supported path that you can take to change your relationship with food and body and getting back into your power. There is many other professionals like me that offer programs similar to the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. At this point, when you're looking for someone to whom you're going to interact with, right? As I mentioned earlier, I personally believe into the power of coaching. I do it for myself all the time. It's the connection you have with the coach, with the mentor, with the leader. So select someone that, I'm biased to say select a woman, right? Teaching back the way to power to women is something special. And it, I believe, should be done from a woman to a woman. 
could be different from some of you, and that's totally fine by me, but that's what I encourage the most. And second, that I would recommend when you're looking for your coach would be to look for someone who can understand where you're coming from. So this is something that I often recommend for people particularly looking just to do the work around body image. The, your ability to connect will depend on the person's experience into this journey. So typically what I would recommend is to look for someone who's had a journey similar to yours and is currently in a situation that you can connect with. So this can be different for each one of us, but a lived experience that match your current lived experience will yield better coaching moment for you as the coachee. And it would be also easier for the coach or the mentor to relate to their student or client. And the third option would be to work one one with a therapist, a coach, a nutritionist, someone that can literally handhold you through the process. And the big difference with a one-on-one environment is that the approach can be individualized and personalized given your particular lived experience and history. That's where the big difference is into a group community program versus individual approach. Financial resources are obviously different, and that is given your personal circumstance. But again, something that if you feel comfortable with me, I would love to coach you through that. We have a program called Current Tribe, sorry. That is twice a year. And the next wave will start in January 2020. And it's a minimum of six months commitment to do the one-on-one experience. So these were some of the options that obviously I have in my business model. But if you feel that you would be better suited with someone else, I can help you with that as well. Feel free to reach out to me. I have a few colleagues that I can recommend based on your particular situation. Or if it's for your daughter, right? So I often get moms who want me to work with their daughter. And the connection is not always there because I'm, I'm older. I have a different lived experience than say someone that's 15 or 20 years old, right? So I have a few colleagues that are perhaps better suited depending on the age bracket or the background as well. So feel free to reach out and I'll connect you with someone that can help you. But bottom line, I want you to take away one thing from this podcast. Your power is by healing your relationship to food and body. That's how you will reconnect to it. Thank you very much for having been with us in this episode. And I'm looking forward to the next episode with you.